0: Welcome to this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, check out our website at freechapel.org. And, uh, and I want you to turn real quickly to Exodus because it is powerful. And uh, it, it's symbolic of, of the Holy Spirit anointing. And we get, it that we get it from Exodus where Moses has gone. This is after Moses brought the people out of, of, out of Egypt and uh, and he's leading the Israelites and God calls him up to the mountain to have an encounter with God where God begins to speak and God begins to download he downloads to him a strategy how many know that God God is strategic God is very very strategic and and if you need strategy for your life you're not called to to wander you're not called to sort of go from one, one thing to the next, not knowing God. God has a strategy. The Bible says that he makes our paths straight. There's a strategy that God has for you if you're a business person, if you're a young person and, and, and you know, you, you're you know, in, in business and you need, you need to make decisions and, and important decisions. You need to get downloads from heaven. God will give you a strategy on what to do if you're a young person and you're saying, God, what do you want me to do with my life? What have you called me to do? What, what do you want me to be? How do you, you pray and get with God? He will give you a strategy. He'll be specific. He'll he'll guide you. He will direct you. And this is what is happening. He, and it goes through and, and God begins to give Moses specific strategy on what he wants to do. And God is not wasteful. He's, he's not like us. Sometimes we just talk because we like talking. God doesn't talk because he likes talking. He talks because he's got something to say. And, and what he's doing is with Moses is he starts to, to speak and give him a strategy. And in Exodus 30 verse 22, he says, moreover, the Lord spoke to Moses saying, also take for yourself quality spices, 500 shekels of liquid myrrh. He didn't just say to him just grab any oil. It was this was a this is in the Old Testament it was a specific mixture that he wanted him to use. 500 shekels of liquid myrrh, half as much sweet-smelling cinnamon. The New King James has in brackets for those that can't do maths, 250 shekels in case You like how the Bible helps you out like that sometimes. 250 shekels of sweet-smelling cane, 500 shekels of cassia, or it depends on how you pronounce it, according to the shekel of the sanctuary and a hin of olive oil. And you shall make from these a holy anointing oil, an ointment compounded according to the art of the perfumer. It shall be a holy anointing oil. In the Old Testament, there is a lot, you hear a lot of talk about the anointing. The anointing, when we talk about the anointing, we're we're, we're taught that the the word anointing means to smear with oil or to rub with oil. Another word, another interpretation for the anointing means to be set apart. And in the Old Testament, it talks a lot, the terminology of, of the anointing coming upon someone, you know, when it talked about when, when, when the prophet anointed David, remember before his brothers, he anointed him to be king, and 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 it was a, it was talking, it was it was symbolic of the the if you like the spirit of God or the presence of God coming upon someone. It happens all throughout the Old Testament. But what I want to talk to you tonight is uh, this morning is, is something that that I really felt God speak to me in regard to the anointing and and even that the terminology that we use sometimes when we talk about the anointing we say if someone preaches powerfully we say oh he he's anointed someone leads a song well I say that he 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 was so anointed when he said that but what we have to understand is once the new covenant happened and once Jesus, this, this terminology of the anointing coming upon someone is Old Testament. Once we stepped into New Testament and once we receive, if you've received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then we have to understand that it's no longer about the anointing coming upon us. But it's actually about us getting a revelation that the anointing is already in us. That it's not actually, it's, it's not about, it's not about you doing certain things to attract the anointing on your life. And I know that so many of us, we can go down that train of thinking. I've gone down that before and thought, if we live right, we will attract the anointing. No, if you live right, what you do is you empty yourself of anything that's going to hold back the anointing that's already in you. It's a very, it's actually an incredibly empowering thing when we view the anointing that way. In 1 John 2 Verse 27 He says, But the anointing which you have received from Him abides in you. I don't know about you, but that for me changes how I view the anointing. It's not it's not about me positioning myself to, to be touched by God, I'm already touched by God you have you 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 have the these and, and you know what it's the same anointing we 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 elevate people and we look up to people that carry a powerful anointing and I want to I want to challenge you let's let's change our terminology and we can say yes he, he is anointed yes he is anointed but more than that you know what he is he's emptied this is what I want to talk to us about not not And hear me, me. not living anointed, but living emptied. Because if I can empty myself, then the anointing, which is the power of God within me through Jesus Christ, when you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour, you have direct access to the King of kings and to the Lord of lords. When you receive Him, He's in you. You might say, well, well you know, Ben, I don't, I don't feel like that. I don't feel. Do you know what happens is we allow all of these different things to get in our way and draw and suck our attention and our focus. It's not that you have less anointing or more anointing at different times. It's simply that at different times you become more aware of the anointing that is already in you. That's that's why when we come to church and and you come and you're singing during these worship songs, what you're you're in is you're in an atmosphere that allows everything else that tries to get in our heart. All of the worries and all of the concerns and all of the, the things that get in our life. Worship helps to quieten all of those things. So you can tune in to the anointing that's already in you. It's powerful. It's a powerful thing. So what, what, what? I felt like God speak to me even this morning as I was praying this morning and cooking up the biggest breakfast I've ever eaten in my whole entire life. Praise Jesus. All you haters still fasting, go on and hate. I was crushing eggs and sausage. But I was thinking when we pray, when we pray this morning and hear what I'm saying, I'll pray for people and I've prayed, I've prayed anoint them. But I'm going to pray something different today. I'm going to pray God empty them. Empty, empty me of what's in my life. That's going to hold back or pollute the flow of God through me. That's what I said. It's so simple, isn't it? It's sometimes I think we get, you know, I got I gotta to strive to get. I gotta see. That's where we get striving. We have to we gotta strive. I have gotta fight to get to that anointing. And the, I don't have to. I'm not gonna try and strive to. I'm, what I'm gonna do is get before God and say, God, empty me. Get rid of, get rid of things in my heart, things in my life that are gonna pollute. The pure flow of God's anointing Holy Spirit power that wants to do a supernatural work, listen to me, through your life. God's going to do, and I believe as you begin to step into this in 2017, God is going to do such supernatural things through your life. Not because you're anything more special than the next person. But just because you know what it is to just live, empty. That's why His presence is so powerful. We get in His presence and we say, God, empty me. If you look through these different things, I started just looking at each one of these things as five ingredients. That first ingredient that he talks about is the ingredient of myrrh. It's taken from a tree sap. It's used a lot throughout the Bible. It's, it's probably, they say, it's probably the most valuable um, perfume, if you like, or, or, or um, ointment in the Bible. But one of the things that they say about it is it's produced through, through a, a tree sap. There's two ways to get it out of the tree. One way you can, you can beat the tree, if you hit it or mark it or, or jab it or stab the bark of the tree, then this myrrh ointment um, like tree sap will come out. But the problem is with that way, they say, if you do it that way, if you force it out, then it comes out and the taste of it is very, very bitter. But they say when it's in its purest form, when it's the most valuable is when it's not beaten out or forced out. It's when it actually naturally, just through time, little bit by little bit starts to flow out. And, and what that spoke to me, I, I just want to share some things that I felt it spoke to me about in terms of us operating in the anointing that that is, understand, living within us already, is I wrote down the importance of not trying to force something, but the importance of me doing what I'm called to do and being comfortable in my own skin, comfortable in my own gifting, See, when the mercy says when you tried to force it out, it came out and didn't, it was a bit bitter, it was a bit off. It wasn't, but when it just came out naturally, one of the greatest ways to release that anointing that's inside of you is simply be who God has called you to be. When you try and force it, trying to be someone else, when you try and look at someone else's gift and think, oh, I want that, I want to. And you try and grab their gift and try and say, God, anoint this. I want to do this and strive and do that. Guess what? You might be striving in business. Maybe God has not called you to be a business person. God, man, if I was to do business, dear Lord, it would be horrible. I'm not. But what happens is sometimes I think we, I think we get caught up just trying to be something that we're not. As a communicator, I think it's one of the biggest challenges as a communicator from a stage is is especially when you're surrounded by some of, you know, I believe some of the greatest communicators on the planet is you can go down that road sometimes of of trying trying to be someone that you're not trying to communicate and operate the way someone else does and then wonder why it doesn't seem to carry that same power, why it seems a bit bitter. Why there's something off, why it's, 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 there's a striving, there's a pushing, there's a forcing. I've found for myself, the greatest thing I can do is simply to say, God, this is who I am. Would you just come and just touch me and anoint me to do what you've called me to do? I know it's simple, but you will experience a flow of God's anointing power. And it won't look like the next person. Won't look like someone else. You might get things done. If I was to take a baseball bat and walk around a golf course hitting a golf ball, guess what? I'm going to hit the golf ball. It's going to go a distance. And I might get some, I might bit by bit make my way around it. But how many know that that baseball bat hitting a golf ball is not going to achieve half as much as what it's designed to achieve. If I take that baseball bat and hit a baseball, Why? Because I'm using it for what it's created to do. I'm not trying to force it to do something it's it's not designed or created to do. You want to experience the anointing? Be secure in your own skin. And say, you know what? This this is me. This is who I am. This is is what God has called me to do. The other thing is, is it says that they took cinnamon. It talks about it as being sweet cinnamon. It's known that the, the cinnamon was known for the smell, smell of it known for the fragrance in 2 corinthians 215 it talks about us being the fragrance of Christ. We want that anointing to flow out of our life we've got to have a heart that wants to emanate Jesus a heart that that, that wants to um, emanate Christ out to other people. Not, not a heart that, that wants to be lifted up and be all powerful. And we talk about the anointing a lot like His power. But the Bible tells us in Galatians 5, it talks about the fruits of the Spirit. That means the fruit or the overflow of a life of the Spirit. The first thing, it doesn't say power. Power will come. The Bible talks about the anointing will break the yoke. There is power through it. But the first fruit of the Spirit is love. Joy. Peace, patient. When we talk about the anointing, we think so much of power. But what if God wants to anoint you to be happy? Hebrews 1 verse 9. You have loved righteousness and hated lawlessness. Therefore, God, your God has anointed you with the oil of gladness. The NIV says the oil of joy. We, we, when we talk about the anointing, we don't often talk about the anointing. The, the God wants His anointing power that's in you to flow out of you manifests through just being happy. Put a smile on your face. You'd be surprised how many people will drop around you and faint because you showed up to work with a smile on your face. Not angry, crazy. What is it about walking in the anointing that we think like we've got to be all super spiritual and stoic? I'm seeking the Lord. Really? Dear Jesus. I think one of the best testimonies would be the lost people if they walked into church and saw a whole lot of happy people that looked like they were happy to be there. That's what I love about our church. We got people happy to be in church. It's the fruit, it's the fruit of the Spirit. Peace, patience, kindness when things don't go our way. Not talking about you know letting people walk all over you and things like that, but what I'm saying is the manner in which you operate, you can carry a peace upon you. That's the anointing. God will anoint you for peace, patience, kind, self-control. Come on, we're, I'm, we're, we're raising. We've got a eight, eight, 7 eight-week-old. I don't know something. That sounds so horrible. Why did I say it like that? I do. He's seven. Is he seven? Seven, eight, you all know you guys are like, eight, you idiot, okay, <laughs> thank Lord, my wife's not here right now self control, man that that dude will push you, my little boy he will he will push you to the limit i'm going to guess soon as he's old enough, he's getting in a boxing ring because this guy's got to fight, i'm telling you he he I will nurse him, he will fight, fight, and screw, and you are just you will you will. Swear you are there. I mean, he's asleep. And then he'll just bang, open his eyes and like smile like this whole thing's a joke. You know, you're like. But that God would give, God can anoint you for patience. That you don't get all crazy and you don't, you know, we have moments where we step out of it. But that that can be the anointing. God's anointing power. The other, um, the third ingredient it's pronounced uh, calamus, calamus, not cannabis. Calamus. Some of you me like, hey, California. Okay, uh, calamus. Um, where it's, it's a root. It's a reed um, that, that that they get this, this ointment from. The thing about this one is, it's a reed that it grows. Um, in in miry places or in wetlands in in tough places it it, and to get it to get to get the ointment out of it you actually have to get the root and you have to beat it that's how you get this root out it doesn't grow in an easy place you know one of i've found that one of the, the the greatest things that will produce or allow the anointing to flow out of us is is actually hard times. Well, let me word it differently. It's actually how we respond to hard times that will allow a greater, freer flow of God's anointing power. There's something powerful about hard times and about tough times. Hard times have the ability to either make or break us. Or let me word it this way, hard times have the ability to either fill us with bitterness, with hurt, with unforgiveness, with resentment, with anger, or hard times can empty us, can break us. It's all dependent on where we draw our strength from during the hard time. During the tough time, if you, if you, if you go to the Lord, if you do what Daniel did when he was facing difficult challenges, he says, the Bible says that he went before the window and prayed. If you go to the Lord and say, Lord, I give this hurt to you. I give this pain to you. I give this resentment to you. It'll break you. It'll empty you. And God's anointing will flow through you. I've, I've noticed that some of the most powerful people actually have often some of the craziest stories. It's true. If you, if, you, if you know some different powerful people in your life or preachers or, you know, even people in my own personal life. You know, I, I, you know so the most powerful people that, that I've known personally, even my own parents. And people, you know, and my mother has been here and preached before and, and people see her. And she, man, she carries an anointing upon her. That, that, I mean, she can sit with someone and, and pray with them. It doesn't matter what they're going through. It doesn't matter how crazy. And she'll, I mean, that person will get set free. I'm telling you, every time. I mean, she carries an anointing for healing like you would not believe. Like the, the miracles and the craziness. But, but not often we hear her talk about years of sexual abuse from when, when she was, you know, this high. Not often will you hear about growing up with an alcoholic father and a mother that wasn't there and surrounded by hurt and addiction and abuse. It's the tough times. Because it's the tough times that cause us to draw our strength from Him and and cause us to go to Him. And then when we, the more we lean on Him, the more freely He flows through us. Don't underestimate those tough times. And for those of you that are perhaps going through some tough times now, be encouraged in knowing that what you're walking through is actually growing you and preparing you. In James 1. Verse 2, what does it tell us? Consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds because the testing of your faith develops perseverance or endurance. God's doing it and, and He'll do it through the tough times. God's preparing you. In fact, I've found the harder the times you walk through, the greater the anointing you're about to carry. You're about to carry something upon your life that's bigger than you. You're about to step into a free flow of the anointing that's in you through your difficult time and through your challenge that's not just going to set you free, but God's going to use it to set others free around you. That's the type of anointing you're about to walk in, but you're not going to get it through just sailing through easy times. It's through tough times. It's through the tough times we learn who our provider is. We learn where our strength comes from. We learn what it is to stand on the word of God, to declare the word of God. You won't understand what the power, the power in the word of God until you've gone through that difficult, tough time, and you've had to stand on it. You've had to declare it. It was the only thing you could depend on was the word of God. It's, it's those difficult times, it's those tough times. The other thing: a Cassia tree or Cassia tree. The thing about this is, again, they take it. From a tree, it's an ointment that comes from a tree, but you can only find this tree in, in places with an elevation above 8,000 feet, it grows in high places. If we want to flow that free flow of the anointing of God, we've got to know what it is to get into the presence of God to climb up to the presence of God, to get with the Lord. And the Bible says that we need to hunger and thirst for righteousness. See, we want to walk in, in the power, but we don't want to often pay the price. We just come out of a, a time of fasting. That's what I'm talking about. Where you make that decision to say, you know what, I'm not just staying here. I'm going to go to a high place. I'm going to get into the presence of the Lord. I'm going to seek His face. I'm going to hunger for Him. I'm going I'm to get before the Lord and say, God, would You reveal Yourself to me? God, I want to know You more. I'm going to seek His face before I seek His hand. Before I ask Him for what I want Him to do, I'm going to get before Him and say, God, I want to know You more. God, show me what You're like. Bring revelation to my heart. Speak to me. And the last one. Is olive oil it has different uses, but for me, the thing that spoke to me, and we're going to begin to pray in a moment. But the thing that spoke to me about this was that, that the olive oil one of the things they used to, um, to make olive oil was, was soap, and it was a, a prime important ingredient in the making of soap. And this spoke to me of the importance of us washing away. You want that flow? You want that flow of the anointing where God will impact people around you in such a way that it'll transform lives, that you'll, that you'll walk in something. See, that's what's so great about the anointing of God is God is so obsessed. Jesus was so obsessed with people that when you walk in the anointing, the anointing's not just about you. It's not just about you feeling goosebumps or feeling a a warm, fuzzy feeling. It's about God using you to impact and transform the lives of people around you. If we want to walk in that, we've got to know what it is to take the soap of the Spirit, if you like, and say, God, would you wash me clean of all the impurities? God, deal with my heart. God, get the things out of my life. Sin, sin is one of the greatest stoppers or one of the it, it will pollute the anointing upon your life. It'll hold back the flow of what God wants to do in your life, that hurt, that bitterness, that addiction, that unforgiveness. It'll stop and hold back that anointing in your life from flowing in your life. But what's interesting about each one of these things and each one of these Ointments, if you like, that make up the anointing is every single one of them needs to break before the the ointment comes out of it. It all comes, olives comes out of the inside, the tree, the sap comes out of the inside. It has to open, it has to break, it has to split, it has to. How do we walk in a greater anointing is living a life that's completely broken before God. Not a life that's proud and puffed up saying, I know what I'm doing, I've done this. We go to church, it's what we do. I've heard these verses, I know these songs. You might heard the verses, you might know the songs. But when you come before God and say, God, I open my heart to you afresh. And I ask you to come and move in my life a fresh way. I ask you to wash, wash me clean and get rid of the things that Are in my heart that are not of you. We all have them. Get rid of the burdens. Get rid of the hurts. Get rid of the sin. Get rid of the distraction. Cleanse me, God. Purify me. You'll feel when you do that. Some of you can even feel it right now. You will feel it. And you know what? It's not even about something. What you're feeling, it's not something coming upon you. What's happening is you're just simply becoming more aware now of what's in you. It's all about focus. That we would be focused on the things of God in our life and the power of God that's working through us to minister to those around us. And right across this room, I want us all to stand to our feet.